Hello, and welcome to Family Health and Wellness podcast series for parents and professionals working with families called Parenting Tips. Family Health and Wellness is a part of the National Extension System, which provides research-based information and is a program of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Suffolk County. My name is Rory McNish, the host of this series, which will showcase family health and wellness educators who are experts in their field of child development, positive parenting practices, nutrition and health. Our goal is to help adults make research-informed decisions for themselves and their families. I'm pleased to welcome Kerry Cray Retta, who will be joining us today to talk about parenting in the age of technology. Kerry's been a human development specialist since 2000. Kerry specializes in early childhood development as well as health and wellness. How you doing, Kerry? I am well, Rory. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. Staying healthy. Good. Good for you. Yeah, this is an interesting topic. I'm very, uh, very curious for what you have to say today. Well, I'm Um, happy to hear that. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because when I was growing up, my parents, they only had to deal with one thing, and that was television. But parents today, they have to deal with a lot more than that and manage more systems when it comes to technology. That is so true. Uh, It was the same for my parents. I think we were probably brought up in the same era, Rory. (laughs) I can remember my mom at one point having some concerns about the amount of television that I was watching. And, you know, she put some rules into place for sure. But children have more screen time now than ever before. And we have devices that are available just about everywhere you go. I mean, they're small enough that you can put them right in your back pocket and take them with you. Uh, it's definitely um, a different way of parenting today. Oh, yeah. Now, um, just for people out there, can you clarify what you mean by screen time? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I just I do like to make that clear because sometimes people aren't exactly sure what that means. Mm-hmm. So screen time can be defined by the amount of time that a person spends using any device that has a screen. So that's any person, even though we're, we're mostly talking about children today, but a lot of what we'll talk about does apply to adults as well. And um, anything that has a screen, so that would be televisions, tablets, smartphones, computers, video games. And even now we see more and more toys that have screens. So we would right. definitely include those under this umbrella as well. Okay. Now, uh, what is it that you most want parents to know about raising children uh, with technology and this screen time stuff? The main thing would be that all of us need to keep our technology use in balance with other more beneficial activities. I think that's where we get into trouble if it's out of balance. So if we're not doing a good job of, of managing it, mm-hmm. it can have some negative impacts on our health, our children's learning, development, and certainly relationships. Okay. What I've seen is that technology impacts every aspect of a child's health and development in a way that not many other things do. I think play might be the only other thing that impacts all the domains of development. Um, So when we talk about domains of development, we're talking about physical development, intellectual development, emotional development, and social development. And so I just go over a few ways that each of these different areas of development and health are impacted by technology. Okay. 
So if we think about physical development and health, we have to take into consideration that screens tend to be sedentary. So if we're not properly balancing that with physical activity, it can lead to different health issues. A lot of them we haven't seen before in children who are very young. So type 2 diabetes we're seeing in very young children in a way we haven't prior. Also weight issues are an issue. So we have to be careful that we are making sure children are still being physically active in this new world of technology. Mm -hmm. uh, another way that uh, technology can impact physical development is that it can impair their gross motor development. If, if very young children are not having the opportunity to run and play and jump and climb right. because they're sitting in front of a screen more than they should, that's going to create an imbalance as well. Okay. Another concern we have is children's sleep habits. Children's sleep can be impacted by being exposed to the lights that are admitted from screens. Okay. So some may have trouble falling asleep, while others may fall asleep okay, but then have trouble staying asleep. How we respond to this light varies from person to person. So um, it is recommended that we turn all screens off about an hour before bedtime. The other way that screens impact sleep is that it can delay bedtime. I remember when I was a child, if I wanted to watch a television show before bedtime, my parents knew that it ended at a certain time. So if I wanted to watch a half-hour show from 8 to 8.30, it ended at 8.30 and I would right. go to bed. Right. But today's you know, technology and screen media doesn't have that real definitive end time the right. way television shows do. Um, and even the television shows, one, especially children's shows, kind of one rolls into another. Right. But if it's an older child who's on social media, that definitely doesn't have an, a built-in end time. Right. Um, right. Nor does emails for adults who might be checking email quick for five minutes before bed and all of a sudden an hour has passed. Yep. You go down so that rabbit hole. <laughs> it definitely can become a rabbit hole for sure. So, you know, those are just some things under the physical uh, domain of development and health that we want to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. When we talk about intellectual development, we see studies that show children under the age of two do not comprehend what they see on television. And so for this particular age group, TV viewing has mostly negative associations, and that is especially around language development and executive function. Uh, another study that was recently published in the Journal of the American Medical Association Pediatrics found that three to five-year-old children who use screens more than what is recommended, which is one hour a day, and watched without an adult. So no co-viewing, which is another recommendation that children do co-view with parents. Okay. Um, these children had lower levels of development in the brain's white matter. This is important because that's key to language development, literacy, and cognitive skills. So we want to be seeing more development in those areas of the right. brain, not less. And then when we look at school-age children, we see an association between higher use of screens and a poorer performance in school. So these are a few of the concerns we have in the intellectual domain of development. If we look at emotional development, and this is geared more towards older children who are spending a lot of time on social media, 
um, we have seen a rise in mental health issues. So we have seen increases in cases of anxiety, depression, self-harm, and even suicide since wow. the advent of social media. And a big part of this is that people post their best selves on social yep. media, not their real selves. Yep. And yep. when we are constantly comparing ourselves to that, it can make us feel dissatisfied with our own lives. Oh yeah. I, I feel that, you know, every time I go on Facebook, it's like, wait a minute, that guy just got a new car, <laughs> you know? So I, I can understand that. Yeah. And it's hard to not make those comparisons. Yeah. Uh, there's also a problem with FOMO. Have you heard of FOMO? I have. Yes. I think I have FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Fear of missing out. Oh, right? yeah. What's going um, on over there? I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it used to be children could have a birthday party and invite a you know group of friends to their mm -hmm. party and everyone was happy. But now since everything goes viral, anyone who wasn't invited knows about the party. And if they weren't invited, then they feel bad. Right. So that's another issue. Yeah. Um, something else that we see happening is that people are not dealing with their emotions in a healthy way. And instead, they are using their screens as a distraction and a way to avoid uncomfortable emotions. Mm -hmm. Very much in the way people may use food or alcohol or drugs to avoid dealing with their emotions. So when we have a child who is upset or bored and we hand them our smartphone to make them happy and distract them from these emotions, they're really missing an opportunity to practice emotional regulation. Right, right. So we need to be mindful that emotions aren't aren't bad. That's what makes us human. And we need to learn how to manage them. Right. And then in the last domain, social development, um, we need to really be looking about how technology has changed the way we communicate with one another. Certainly as a society, but even within families, we are doing less face-to-face -face interactions. About 10 years ago, when I would teach on this topic, I would have parents tell me how if they were downstairs and their children were upstairs, they would email their children to say that dinner was ready. <laughs> and more, I know, right? It's, it's yeah. silly, but you can see it happening. Well, and, texting too. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. More recently, yeah. those emails have now turned to texts. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I, I have to admit I'm guilty of that because... I mean, a lot of times we don't see, uh, you know, our kids all day and then, you know, dinner's ready and it's like, you can either yell up the stairs or text them. You know, you're going to get them on the text. So right. I can certainly definitely see that. Yep. And it, it's so easy to do. Yeah. Yep. And yet it's just all those little texts that we send that decreases the amount of face-to-face -face interaction we're having with our children and with others on a daily basis. And, you know, for our young children, this impacts their language development because yeah. children learn language by hearing it. Right. So and we need to hearing be- Hearing it and probably using it too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so we need to be talking to them, but even, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that parents aren't texting their one and two year olds, right? But right. Yeah, if really. yeah. parents are spending a lot of time with their faces in their technology, then they are not 
having those face-to-face interactions with their youngest children in the same amount. So that impacts their language for sure. Um, And then with older children, the fewer interactions we have face-to-face, it just gives fewer opportunities to practice Mm -hmm. things like reading body language, tone of voice, making eye contact, and even just basic manners. Mm -hmm. These things take repetition and practice. And so we need to have those opportunities to practice those things. And being comfortable going out in a social situation, I'm sure, you know. Absolutely. Confident, you know, so. Absolutely. The bottom line is that devices can't do what people do. Mm -hmm. Attachment and connection with adults is what increases brain development. It helps them with their emotional health, their self-esteem, academic success. And it's also been found to decrease anger and substance abuse. So we need more of these face-to-face human interactions, not fewer. And as much as technology does have the capability or the capacity to bring us together, if we're not mindful with it and thoughtful in our use of it, it can also become very isolating. Now, when, when you talk to parents about this, um, what are their main concerns and what are some of the most commonly asked questions? I feel as though the biggest concern that comes up on a regular basis is that parents are feeling that their children are spending too much time on technology. And I I think that's a very valid concern. We've had some recent studies that show children under eight years of age spend two hours and 19 minutes a day with screen media, while children eight to 18 years old are averaging seven and a half hours a day. So for those 8 to 18-year-olds, that equals 52 hours a week that they are using some sort of a device with screens. Um, If you compare this with children back in 1960, children averaged 15 hours a a week on screen media. So today's children have lost nearly 40 hours a week of doing things that they need to do in order to be healthy and well-developed. So those are things like play, reading, sleeping, having those interactions with friends and family. Okay. And this really goes back to what I said in the beginning that, um, you know, technology isn't going anywhere, right? This is now a new part of our life. So the trick really is about striving to have balance with other activities and I, I've spoken with a lot of adults, and they struggle with this. And these yeah. are adults whose brains are fully formed, and they've got coping mechanisms, and they've learned their social skills. But we're now raising a generation of children who have never known life without a screen. Right. So they don't have all of those things behind them. So they're really going to struggle unless it's the adults who are kind of setting the tone and certainly um, providing a, a good, healthy role model of what a balanced life around technology looks like. Are there other concerns or questions that parents uh, often ask? I think the next question that I get asked most regularly is what is the most appropriate age to give a child a smartphone? Mm -hmm. And there are recommendations around technology use, but there is not a recommended age of when to give a child a smartphone. Um, 
one of the things that I can tell you is I've, I've read that tech execs themselves do not give their own children smartphones until age 14 at the yeah, earliest. No kidding. You know, these are the people who are making these things. Right. And so, you know, that might be a good guideline to follow. Sure. Um, I do want to mention something um, that I've recently learned about. It's an initiative called Wait Until Eighth. And I think this is a, a really good idea. I wish this was around when my children were younger. Mm -hmm. This gives parents the opportunity to make a pledge to wait until eighth grade to give their child a smartphone. Okay. And so if parents of children in a friend group or in a community or a school district all do this together, it eliminates the pressure for both parents and children to get a smartphone. Mm-hmm. If there's a parent who feels their child needs a phone for safety reasons, they can still get a phone that allows for calling and texting. It's just not giving them a smartphone until eighth grade. Um, and I think that's important because a smartphone is simply a small computer and it gives your child access to everything and anything at any time. And right. so it's a really big responsibility. And until a child is mature enough to handle that type of responsibility, I really don't think they should have one. Another um, concern that parents seem to have is that if they don't allow their children to use technology, that their children might fall behind in school. This is not the case, especially when we're talking about children who are under five years of age. We know that children learn through play. And screen time is not playtime. Children's brains need real-life experiences. They need caring relationships. They need human interactions. And screens don't provide any of this, with the exception of video chatting. That is interactive. Um, but really, if, if you want your children to succeed in school, one of the best things that you can do is limit their exposure to screens, especially in those early years, and follow the guidelines, which is one hour a day of screen time. But most importantly, give them plenty of time to play creatively. This is what's going to help them become a curious learner and also a problem solver. And that's what makes a a good student, but also a good citizen, um, right. and leads to success both in school and beyond school. And also give them a lot of books too, right? Absolutely. You can never yep. go wrong with books. Yep. And just going back to that, um, the tech execs also favor real paper books in their homes. No kidding. Okay. Not e-readers. E now that says a lot, doesn't it? It does to me. <laughs> now, um, I, you know, it just seems like it's, it's going to be difficult for parents to manage screen time. What, what can they do to manage it? I mean, that seems like a tall, tall order, you know? It can be. It can seem maybe a little overwhelming. So the main thing is to decide on a few basic rules around screen time that are reasonable for your family and then stick to them. But also keep in mind that what's reasonable for your family is going to change as your children grow. The American Academy of Pediatrics has a pretty extensive list of recommendations by age. And I'm not going to go through all of them right now, but I do want to highlight just a couple of them. Okay. So the first is for children who are 18 months and younger. 
And the recommendation is pretty strong here that those children should not have time with screens other than video chatting. That is the only exception, and that is because it is interactive. Right. And, and they should be doing it with an adult mm -hmm. as well. Right. Ideally, children should not be exposed to screens until their second birthday. Screen time should be limited to one hour a day of high-quality programming, games, and apps. And I recommend Common Sense Media for this to help determine what is high quality because marketing is very clever and it can often be misleading. And just along those lines, Common Sense Media is a wonderful resource for parents. I refer parents to it for a number of reasons. Um, they also have a family media agreement that I think would be helpful for families who have children in elementary school and middle school to kind of come to some common ground about how they want to proceed in their family with screen use. Now, Common Sense Media, is that uh, like a website that they can go to or what is that? That is a website, yes. Okay, so just kind of Google. If you Google Common Sense, Common Sense Media, it will pop right up. Okay. They have a lot of great resources. Another of the recommendations is to co-view with your child. So we do not want children kind of set up in front of a screen and then left to their own devices. One of the recommendations is to watch with your child to make sure it's appropriate to answer questions and to, again, to make it interactive as, as much as possible. I mentioned this recommendation earlier, but I think it's so important that I want to mention it again, and that is that screen time should end at least one hour before bedtime. Another of the recommendations is that certain parts of the, the house or certain times of the day should be free of screens. So bedrooms should definitely be screen free, as should mealtime, homework time, and any type of parent-child playtime. You don't want distractions of screen. So all of that should be screen free. And this isn't one of the recommendations by the American Academy of Pediatrics, but it's my personal recommendation that okay. cars also remain screen free. I think it's a great opportunity for families to have conversations and interact and come up with silly games. Yeah. And, and all of that would be lost if screens were on the whole time. And as you drive down the road, you see those screens right in the back seats, you know, like they're on the, they're on the back seat of the front seat of the car and kids are watching, you know, something. So, and there's nobody talking, they're just watching. No. Good, and good recommendation on that. I, I come from a family who traveled to Florida in the car every year for two or three days. Mm -hmm. And my sister and I were very creative of how we spent you know, past that time. And I, oh, yeah. I think back of some of the silly things that we did and they're some of my best memories. And I wouldn't have had any of that if we were both just sitting, staring at a screen the whole time, you know, absolutely. Yep. Boredom makes you become creative and that's <laughs> what we want for our children. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and then the last recommendation, and I alluded to this one earlier as well is for adults to be a positive role model for children about how to have a healthy relationship with screen media, um, trying to teach what balance looks like so that uh, we can incorporate it in a healthy way into our lives. 
So Carrie, this is just wonderful amount of information, you know, that you're giving us here on screen time. I tell you, um, it's very important, you know, and when you grow up, you know, like we did without so much screens that we can kind of see it from this perspective that, uh, that this is a good thing to kind of really look at. So thank you so much for all the information that you gave us today, Carrie, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again. Absolutely. Thanks for everything, Rory. Well, that's our podcast on parenting in the age of technology. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear your comments about today's topics. You can email us at jsj79 at cornell.edu or carry directly at kkr5 at cornell.edu. If you want more information on this topic and others, check out CCE's website at www.ccesuffolk.org and click on Family Health and Wellness. You'll see the link right at the top of the page. Then you'll see more links on parenting and other parenting podcasts, as well as a host of other family health and wellness topics. Take care and have a safe and wonderful day.